through Sailing God's People, sailinggodspeople.org, uh, with your host, Dennis Beard. We're going to apologize for being a little late. We've had some uh, uh, air conditioning difficulty. So we're in the hot room today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the tribes, Oath to the Tribes, uh, if you will. In Hebrews 9 5, it talks about a, a worldly sanctuary with a divine service. At that time, it mentions the various uh, furniture of the tabernacle. And it's very important to see that when these tabernacles and temples are whenever they're dedicated. Now, it took seven years for Solomon to build that temple. His house even built uh, bigger than the temple of God with uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines. And one thing about Solomon's tribute per year was 666 talents of gold in tribute a year. And with that, it's indicative of the Kizik stigma, 603 score and 6. In Deuteronomy 17, it says, uh, God tells the king not to multiply wives and not to multiply horses. Solomon did both. And, of course, by that, set up uh, divers' idols uh, with the women turned his heart. So whenever uh, the Lord called him home, whenever he's, he died, his heart was not right with God as his father David was. And that's a shame whenever the wisdom of Solomon was greater than any man uh, before or after, except the Lord, he said, greater than Solomon's here. We're going to see the time and why it's necessary to understand the temple, temple furniture, Solomon's temple, indicative of the last day work of the ministry, and then going into Ezekiel's temple. And anytime you have a temple, it speaks of glory of the body of Christ going higher and higher in glory, manifest in and through the temple. But the final new Jerusalem, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, that temple there has the Lord God and the Lamb are the light of it. Therefore, there is no temple. That's where we, as the body of Christ, become one with the Lord and inherit all things. Now, all things, we don't become God, but we inherit all things. All things are the things of faith that everything that the Lord had predetermined in his word, in his logos, in his thought, plan, purpose, and will for his own bride all those things are things of faith that he has prepared for those that love him, those that are called according to his purpose. And it's far greater than any man can think or imagine. That is the reason why there is no temple there after the, after the millennial reign. So uh, the final judgment, Gog may Gog, we see the Lord, uh, those that Satan has uh, left out, uh, of his presence for a season. Uh, fire down comes down from God out of heaven when he comes against the, the camp and God literally devours all the wicked at that time that did not obey God. We're going to talk about the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry, three and a half years, time, times and a half, 42 months. Literally, a three and a half year Jesus ministry and what that entails in judgment. 
Now, the Song of Moses began at Exodus 15 when Moses came out of and led the children of Israel out of Egypt. We had the Passover lamb, the Paschal lamb, that was kept up four days, four nights, and then a male of the first year without blemish, and then was killed, and the blood of that lamb put upon the lentils and the doorposts, made a cross. And when the death angel passed by, then the Lord said, I'll pass over you. Uh, and anyone that without that blood, the firstborn in that house would die. Well, we had that first season, Passover. That season of Passover has three feasts. Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. These are Moed. They're divine appointments of God with man. These seasons of God are not feasts of Israel. They're not feasts of the church. They are feasts of the Lord. This is how we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood in the appropriate season. And we will reap in due season if we faint not. So there's seasons there for the body of Christ. And it's given to us to know the times and the seasons. So therefore, for us to know the times and the seasons is very important because the Antichrist will think to change times and seasons. He will do that to the ones that do not know the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God into all truth. So as we get into the Word of God, we're going to notice that that Solomon's temple is going to be dedicated six months after, uh, much after, six months after in the season of Tishri, in Ethneim, in the seventh month. Moses' tabernacle will be dedicated in Passover. And that's very important because we see that in Moses' tabernacle, we're going to have an outer court. Outer court with the altar burnt offering, the brazen, the brazen altar. This is where you would have the four horns of the altar. You would strap the, the sacrifice there, kill it, the blood. The altar literally stood in blood. They ministered there in blood. It was a brazen altar. And then from there, they washed at the laver. Beginning, the, high priest would, the priesthood would wash all their bodies in the laver. Then after that, just their hands and their feet. Then they would go in to the holy place, the sanctuary, and to the south, you would have the, the candlesticks. And the candlestick was a beaten work of gold. It was with uh, not a certain measure, uh, letting us know that whosoever will can come into the church. It's a beaten work of gold, and it had 22 knops of bowls, which are uh, the knops of bowls that held the oil that furnished the seven lamps of the seven golden candlesticks uh, to give light over against the sanctuary. The 22 knops of bowls are exactly the light of God, which is the life of God, which is the Allah through the Tav. The Allah through the Tav is the longest chapter in your Bible. It's Psalm 119. And you'll notice in Psalm 119, going through these 22 letters and the Hebrew Abyssidiary, that they'll all be capitalized. For example, the law will be A-L-E-P-H. You'll notice in your Bible that is all capitalized, speaking deity. Now, the Lord has many attributes. His majesty is uh, 
infinite. The attributes of God are from A to Z. Allah through the Tav, Alpha through the Omega. And Jesus claims to be all of those attributes from the A to Z. He is the uh, Alpha to the Omega. He's all. Therefore, in the ABC theory of the Allah through the Tav, it will cover every attribute of God. And the letters not only have a numerical value, but also have a picture. A picture that goes with it. Only the Hebrew language does that. And the first one, the Allah, we see is a picture of an ox. Ox being the the, the, the almighty, or the mightiest of all the burden bearers. Therefore, the ox. Uh, we're going to see that man is the highest uh, glory among the primates. And then we're going to see uh, the, the eagle, which is the highest glory of those that fly. And uh, uh, your lion is the highest uh, attribute of the highest of, uh, glory of the king of the beast. So in each one of these, it speaks of fullness of glory. Lion of the tribe of Judah. And we're going to see Judah having the standard to the east on Moses' tabernacle. Then it's going to go through the wilderness. As it goes through the wilderness, wilderness, it's going to look as a huge cross with the tribes going through there. That tabernacle would be covered with badger skin, which was rough badger skin. Nothing where the world would want anything to do with that. But it's only when you got inside and entered into the tabernacle that you see the glory and the beauty and the majesty of it. So just on the outside of the veneer, there's nothing that attracts the center. Matter of fact, it's foolishness unto them. But to us that believe, it is the power of God unto salvation. The cross is what it's all about. And it formed a cross going through the wilderness, but there's different stages there. You're going to come out over the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. Now, in that, in that beginning of months, that seventh month of the civil year will become a beginning of months to you. So there, in Tishri, which is Israel's new year, there, as a civil new year, after six months passed, we're going into the seventh month. Then we have a B, Nisan. He said, this will be a beginning of months to you. So it's directly opposite from the world. The world states that a man's life consists of the things which he possesses. And that which is highly uh, praised among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So it's diametrically Opposites between the worldly kingdom and God's kingdom. That which is highly esteemed among men is, is an abomination to God. And Jesus said a man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. Now when a person sold out in the book of Acts, they sold out not as a financial investment. Jesus said, except a man forsake all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And when they did that, they gave all and laid them at the apostles' feet. 
it was an act of literally in perfection of crucifying the flesh once and for all and not letting that flesh come back up again. In other words, they didn't go out and buy houses and lands again and cars and chariots and everything else of the world. Uh, neither did they expect that uh, uh, they sold out so it was a retirement plan that uh, the apostles would uh, pay their fees for the rest of their life. Uh, it was simply a time that you literally laid everything out to God. And from that point on, no man said that anything that he possessed was his. It was a total forsaking of all. Divesting yourself of all worldly cares. And that, Jesus stated in Luke 12, was a commandment. Sell that you have. Provide for your self treasures in the heaven. Where the moss and rust do not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. There in the book of Acts, we have a great move of God that they literally divested themselves of all possessions. They wanted to see the kingdom take the world. And those which have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. The book of Acts literally performed everything in that season of Pentecost. Then Paul wrote, immediately after my departure, wolves will come in. These grieving wolves will come in, not sparing the flock. As a lion, a roaring lion, seeking whom they may devour. And the church that had been such in glory fell just as Paul said in to apostasia. And during that time, we have in 70 AD, Jesus' words of prophecy coming to pass. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, Jesus stated, and they looked on the outward appearance. They said, look at the great temple here. Here it had a temple built. It was not near uh, the glory that had in Solomon's temple, but he tried to make it more grandeur. He tried to make it more majesty than Solomon's. However, when, when Herod did this, he was trying to gain the affection of the Jews and uh, a political move, if you will, of building their temple and make it grander than Solomon. And Herod, uh, you would be better off being Herod's enemy than in his family because Herod would literally, anyone that came against him or he thought was coming to uh, attain his throne, he would kill. Uh, when he heard that there was a king being born, this King Jesus, he had a commandment to kill all the children two years and under thinking once and for all he'd get rid of this king that was prophesied to come. At this time, all this time, that temple of Solomon had been uh, there and sacked, uh, literally destroyed. Uh, there by, we see by Syria several times, but finally uh, with Antiochus Epiphanes, destroyed it totally, offered a salve upon the uh, altar 
as a total desecration against the temple of God. Moses' tabernacle, uh, we find it desecrated. Uh, we find it that uh, uh, Babylon, now there's been seven kingdoms. The first two had already been in existence when John was writing the book of the Revelation. Egypt and Assyria had already been. Now he was in the days of uh, that Babylonian and Media Persia, Greece, and Rome, that Roman Empire. In that Roman Empire, we'd had a road of Babylon, Media Persia, Greece, and Rome, those four kingdoms, and the other two were Egypt and Assyria, being six kingdoms. But he said, now there's one coming. He's eighth and he's of the seven. And when he goeth, he goeth into perdition. Now, we're going to be speaking about these kingdoms. We're going to be speaking about the last day judgment about, in the book of Judges, uh, why God will deliver at the hand of a woman. And that will be indicative of the church, why God will use the church in the last days in judgment with him as his battle axe, as his instruments of judgment on the day of the Lord. Now, judgment will not be given to the saints of the Most High God until the day of the Lord. But before then, there is a work of the ministry, a work of the ministry of a Jesus ministry. And where we get that is Daniel 9, 24 through 27. It's going to sell us that 70 weeks that are determined upon thy holy city, Jerusalem, to rebuild and restore Jerusalem. And the streets and the walls will be built again, even in troublous times during the Great Tribulation. And at that time, he said, it will make an end of sins and of transgressions. He said, and to seal up the vision, to seal it up, to seal up the vision. What vision? The vision of God to Jerusalem by Ezekiel. In visions of God to Jerusalem. And he used the term son of man. That son of man there is the kingdom office of the Spirit of God. In John 3.13, we see Jesus stating that no man is sent up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Jesus standing there in shoe leather, yet stating there was a man that came down from heaven. And we're going to see that that man is a man of war. It's a spiritual man. Not a man encased in a human's body or a human, but a man nonetheless, just as Jesus said in John 8, 13. Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. I am my Father that sent me. He said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I'm one that bear record now he goes from record to witness. Now, that's very important. It's very important how Jesus uses these words. When he says, they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Now, it's very important that he, they say record. Jesus then says, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. Because I'm not alone. I and my Father that sent me. There, Jesus then changes, notice he changes the record to witness and he talks about the testimony. Now this is very important 
because everything said in the days of his flesh will reflect on us who will fulfill that ministry, the work of the ministry. The other three and a half years are 42 months, times, times and a half, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry in that Daniel 9, 27 promise that he will confirm the covenant with many. He being God will confirm the covenant with many for one week. Not a Shaboa, but a Heptad. And that week is a Heptad or a week of years. But Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. Isaiah said, and who shall declare his generation? That shall be counted for the seed. For there is a generation that shall be counted for the seed. And that generation Jesus spoke of, saying that this generation shall not pass until all things be fulfilled. Speaking of that last day generation, therefore that generation that shall be counted for the seed is the 42nd generation. That is the seed in the generations in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, how can it be? Well, we're born of God. We're born of the Spirit. You see, it says that he came to his own, his own, received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, which are born not of, not of flesh, nor of blood, but of the Spirit. Not of the will of man, nor of flesh, but of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit of God. So you must be born again. They are children of God. They are sons and daughters of God. The body of Christ literally fulfilling that. So therefore, the book of Acts has no amen on it. Still in operation today. Has no VN. Because it, it stops and breaks off with Paul stating, Well hath Esaias, Isaiah said of you, You have eyes to see and hear, and see not, ears to hear and hear not. That is the way the book of Acts literally stops right there, but it's still in operation. He takes that in Isaiah. But that's exactly what we will pick up in Isaiah 6 in the the year that King Uzziah, Uzziah died. Isaiah, that is, my God is my salvation. My God is my salvation. Same as Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, Isaiah. And Isaiah saw visions of God. Ezekiel, strengthened of God, saw visions of God. In the 30th year, that of Ezekiel, son of Buzi, saw visions of God. He was by the river Kibar in a Babylonian state. Now, it's very important for us in eschatology, studying of the last day events, to realize that there are three different seasons. In Matthew 1, in that genealogy of Jesus, it goes uh, Matthew 1. These are the genealogy or generations of Jesus. The generations are genealogy. And it starts with Abraham unto David. Now, David, it talks about Saul, David, and Solomon. Three different uh, kingdoms or kings of the kingdoms there. And Saul speaks of the time before the seed of David would come. So it speaks of the time there before Christ was manifest in the flesh. Then David, the kingdom according to David. Well, we had some, Joab, 
there that shined in that kingdom with David. He took that city of the of the Jabus uh, and said, "The man that's able to do this will become captain of the host." And and uh, Joab took it, and he became captain of the host for David. And David, because it was the uh, the one they said, the blind and the lame can't take this city. In other words, David, you can't take it. But that city, the, in other words, the, the weakest point in your life that you think that you cannot overcome will literally be your stronghold in the Lord Jesus Christ. There, David took the city and called it the, from the Jebusites and called it the city of David. Yerushalom. Jehovah, Jireh, Jireh, Shalom, Jim. Jerusalem, the Lord will provide the foundation of peace. There's the exact place where Abraham was going to offer his son Isaac and receive the immense height. Uh, there we have the same threshing floor of Ornan. There we have uh, the city of David. There we have Jerusalem, the foundation of peace, city of David. Now, they're building the house of David, still building the house of David because Jesus Christ if there will come, God himself will manifest in flesh. And he gave this, Psalm 132, 11, that he has sworn in truth unto David and will not repent of it, not turn from it, that of the fruit of thy body, David, will I, God Almighty, sit upon thy throne. That was a promise to David that of the fruit of his loins that God would manifest himself. So that is the seed of David, the Christ being the seed of David according to the flesh. Now Christ is that spirit, always has been that spirit, and will always be that spirit. As we see in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, the Old Testament prophets, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel 14, by the prophets all the way to Malachi. Search diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what matter of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit, first and foremost. Christ is that spirit. When it's when it spoke beforehand, prophesied beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. That's not two different Christ. Christ is that that Christ coming as a seed of David in the flesh is not Christ Jr. It's Christ. It's Christ revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Christ, the spirit, revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Now, that is the foundation of the church. That's the reason in Deuteronomy 32, is it's not sealed up among my treasures, saith God. Sealed. That's sealed. No man knoweth the Son but the Father. No man knoweth the Father but the Son, and to whom he will reveal him. It has to be revealed. Therefore, Jesus, no man cometh to Jesus except the Father draw him. That is, Jesus Christ draws him. So somebody said, well, one day I was walking along and I said, I'd find God. No. No. God's never been lost. We're lost. So there because we heard a word. Somebody's praying. Somebody's praying somewhere. Somebody prayed for you if you're in God. That you were brought to the foot of the cross and you made a decision after hearing the word of God and it pricked your heart. That word was in there until you made a decision either to receive it or to reject it. When you received it and obeyed, then you become born of the water and the spirit. Born of the water, 
and born of the Spirit, just as Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. Nicodemus followed him by night, afar off, lest he be cast out of the synagogue. And you'll find many in the days there. They'll try to follow this word, this great word that God is revealing now, and try to stay in their various denominations. But will not make it because they will not. They prefer the accolades and praises of man rather than the praises of God. They want to please man rather than God. So they think, well, I can follow this and far off. I can still get that word and stay in this denomination. But what we don't realize is, is that whatsoever that you partake of that altar, if you, if you partake of that altar, if you uh, give and you give time and you listen to that word, you're partaker of the evil deed. And that's the reason why you cannot bid anyone that does not have the doctrine of Christ into your house. What house? Into your heart. Because if you do, you're partaker of their evil deeds. Now, Paul said if you literally came against everyone that, uh, uh, that didn't have the revelation of Christ, you'd have to come out of the world. But he said, now, if any man calls himself a brother and obeys not the truth, do not have fellowship with him. Don't have fellowship with him. Now, you have to excuse me. Some we're going to have some heat in this house because the air conditioner's down. It's not fixed yet. So we'll be wiping our brows from time to time. Anyway, uh, that is very important because God expects his people to have fellowship, blood flow one to another. And that's the reason why any person, believer, that calls himself a Christian must not cut themselves off from the body of Christ. I've had several ministers say, well, you know, I can read this at home. I'll just read this Bible at home and I have a little Bible study with my family. That's all fine and good. But until you have blood flow, fellowship one with another, there's no edification there. Somebody said, well, of course it is. No, it's not. Why? Because it said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. Some are going to say that. That's a matter of saying, well, we don't really need that. We don't need that church. We don't need that that physical, uh, literal body of the church, that local church body, because we don't need it. We just get it at home. Learn Pete at home. Not realizing, not realizing that that, that church that Jerusalem, which is above all, is a mother of us all. It is how we, in that bond of unity of the faith, have strength in that, and there's there's, uh, safety in a multitude of counselors. So that means if one gets out there alone and says, okay, well, I'll do this by myself, and uh, through the pride of his heart, or their heart, and uh, uh, say, well, I'll I'll just kind of mosey along and do my own thing. Me and Jesus got a good thing going on. Will find themselves flipped, regardless of how old they are in the Lord Jesus. And we've seen this in sometime 30, 40, and 50 years in Christ. Why? Because pride goeth before fall and haughtiness before destruction. Why should we have a local body? Why does it make any difference? And especially in the last days as you see these days approaching. Because Jesus in that body, his body, he's the head, we the body of the Christ. 
It said, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. These fellows, the fellowship is blood flow. It's the old ship of Zion in fellow. <laughs> it's fellowship. We become one in the unity of the faith. Fellowship one with another. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Why did it say fellowship one with another? Why did it say if we walk in the light as Jesus in the light? Then we that constant blood flow, it literally covers all sin. But it didn't. It says, them that walk in the light, as if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, then you have fellowship one with another. There's that blood flow in the body, the local body. And the blood of Jesus. That blood flow is necessary, essential in the body of Christ. Somebody said, well, it really doesn't make any difference. I read my Bible. I believe the way I want to. Even though I listen to uh, Pastor uh, whoever. And uh, really, it doesn't affect me what uh, is behind that pulpit. As a priest, so is a people. As a people, so is a priest. You realize that you're having fellowship with that. If you give uh, your time and your offerings to that various church, whatever, denomination, bishop, apostle, prophet, whatever, then you're partaker of that altar. And whatever that altar going up before God is what you're going to give an answer for. And that altar is sooner or later. And your fellowship will manifest in you. Somebody said, well, I can, I can be unequally yoked up with unbelievers. That's not going to affect me. Sooner or later, it will bring you down. Somebody said, well, I'll win them the Lord. Chances are, most of the time, because of that darkness and their deeds are evil. They don't come to the light because their deeds are evil. It will then darken your spirit. And why? Because the love of many will wax old. Why? Because iniquity abounds. Who let it abound? You did. Because you had fellowship with that. It was your choice. Well, I don't want to be around a Christian, you know, because all they do is fight, fuss. You know, they did it in the book of Acts. But the problem there with just that regular old sinner out there is that they literally curse that holy name by which you are called. They do not lift up that name, Jesus. They hate that name, Jesus. Somebody say, no, they don't. They really just don't care. They're, uh, they're kind of in the middle. Of, they don't care one way or the other. Yeah, they do. Because if they didn't, if they loved the name of Jesus, they'd be in the truth. <laughs> because they don't come to the light because their deeds are evil. It's just that simple. Well, that the Lord has a body. And if we walk in that light as he is in that light, then we have fellowship one with another. That fellowship is blood flow. And that blood flow is how we receive strength spiritually. And we Well, I don't even know that's happening. Well, it, it is. It is happening. Fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Iron, wet, iron. Thereby both are sharpened. But you can't go out there and, and iron, wet, iron with a sinner because that sinner doesn't know his right hand from his left. All you're going to do is whack his ears off like Peter did to Malchus. And what good has you've done him? So all of there, the Lord has a body. That Jerusalem is coming to a higher glory. That's the reason he's going to write upon them the temple of my God, which is the new Jerusalem. 
Somebody's going to write a new name. I'm going to call them by a new name. I'm going to give them a white stone. That in that white stone will be a new name. That only he knows that receives it. You have to receive this. And the ones that do not and follow the far off, don't. the blood flow's not there. It's like you're taking a little finger, putting a little uh, wire around it, cut off the circulation, and if, in, a, in a while, it may take a while, but then in a little while, that finger is going to die and fall off because it has no blood flow. There is why the local body is so necessary. But somebody said, well, I go, they believe in Jesus, they're oneness or one God or whatever they say they are, and I don't know if they are or not. You haven't tried. You haven't tried them to see if they are of God. Somebody said, well, I don't know how to do that anyway. Well, there's the problem. Because you don't know how to try the spirits to see whether they're of God because many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That means Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost. He is that spirit. He is the Father of glory. He is come in the flesh. Is that building up the house of David, which is still happening in the book of Acts as we are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come, is come. A present imperfect tense. That means he is still coming in the flesh. The body of Christ is still growing as a stone hewn out of a mountain without hands and will grow and fill the whole earth. That is the growth of the kingdom. There, the body of Christ has to come together. But somebody said, well, I've been in this denomination for 30, 40, 50 years and, you know, I believe in Brother Beard but, but friend, if you don't come out, if I don't come out of the tradition of those that made the word of God an unaffect, I'm going to die. As a people, so is a priest. You're not going any further than what's behind that pulpit and the blood flow in that local body. That's all you're going to get. That's the reason why we have to have first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, because those are the ones as they feed the church of the living God. They are the keepers of the vineyard to lead and guide them. He, it's for what? For the perfecting of the saints that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Somebody said, well, they're just a man. No, they're not just men or women. They are men and women that are gifts to the body of Christ through that anointing, becoming one with that word in that particular call. Therefore, he put first in the church, set first in the church apostles. Well, what's an apostle? Well, one that's seen the Lord. Somebody said, you see the Lord? You got to see the Lord? Yes. You must have seen the Lord. You can't just walk out there, get your card, write down, I'm an apostle, and start handing out cards. That That doesn't work. But you'll be surprised how many people do that. They go, I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to be an apostle. I'll just give me a bunch of cards and start passing them out. That's not the anointing. You can put anything you want to in there. You can put that you're, you're the king of the earth. You can put your own there, you're president of the world. And it's not going to make any difference because you don't have the power or the authority behind it. You have to have that authority. I've had some people say, well, Brother Beard thinks he can heal the sick. No, I don't think I can heal anybody. But I know who can, and I who know who's in me. And I've seen this. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the deaf mute speaking here. I've seen legs grow. I've seen strokes heal. I've seen that happen. 
Why? Not because of me and the ones I'm associated with. Uh, they've seen their blind eyes uh, open. They've seen it for themselves. Why? Because they stand for the Word. Not anything else but the Word. So it's very important that whenever you hear the Word of God, you move on it. Because at that point, God is going to see as it pricked your heart in the truth, whether you receive it or reject it. If you reject it, then the heart becomes a little harder. If you receive it, you're going higher. Take heed how you hear. The same measure you meet with all be measured to you again. To him that hath, he'll have the more. Well, him that hath not shall be taken. Oh, no, he'll stay where he's at. No, he'll be taken even that which he has. With Jesus, it's all or nothing. You can't hold on to just a Pentecostal truth. You have to go higher. And that's the reason why that in the last days, he's saying that's coming unto perfection, perfecting. So it gave apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is that Jesus ministry. But not all are going to make that call. You got to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So what's the deal about that body? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, the local church body. Well, does it matter, make any difference if we're fundamental, trinity, two-ness, binitarian, oneness, Jesus only? Yeah, it makes a big difference. You need to know that you know that God has placed you and you know that God has placed you where you are. You have to know that. You have to know that you are doing the will of God where you're at, who you have fellowship with, the blood flow that you that you are associated with. Without that, you can't grow. Without that, you'll get deceived. There, the body of Christ is fitly framed together and compacted. What compacts it? That is the, the trials and tribulations that we go through in the work and fire of the Holy Ghost. Compacted together. In other words, making it one. Compacted together of which every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. What supply? Through the supply of the Spirit. How does that? The joints have to get the joint supplies it. Somebody said, well, the Holy Ghost supplies it. Well, the Holy Ghost is a supply of the Spirit. That's true. But the joint supplies it. How goodly it is when the brethren dwell together. Why? Because of safety in the multitude of counsel, the three-four cord is not easily broken. Well, that that body comes together, whichever joint supplies, you've got this bone over here, and that bone of that ministry there, and that bone, various bones. But when the bones come together, it makes a joint. And the joint is put together, joined together, it's called a joint. Of which the joint supplies. The joint supplies it. The joint supplies to the edifying of itself. In love. That's the reason the seal is not only the sealing of God, the sealing is the instrument by where we are sealed. So, in other words, you are the seal and you are the sealing. You are the instrument of it because you are bought with a price. You're not your own. You are the body of the Christ. You're not your own. You are a bone of Jesus Christ. You're not your own. You're bought. You're bought with 
with bought with a price. And Jesus takes his bones and he fitly frames it together, compacts it together. And when he does, then he says, these joints, that's how they edify themselves. Have themselves in love. Not in hate, not in malice, but in love. Doing the will of God. So therefore, there's why the body has to come together in unity of the faith in the last days. Somebody said, well, I didn't know. I know there's some great word and everybody's out there saying, there's a glory coming. Yeah, I know what it is. It's great glory coming. Well, what is it? God has given that word now to apostles, to prophets, to evangelists, to pastors and teachers. I'll speak in the same thing. But the spearhead of that and first in the church is apostles. And that's when a word comes, he's going to spearhead it with the apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Somebody said, I disagree because I'm a prophet. Well, go ahead and go on your own. If we get prophet tries to get in that and force the office of an apostle, he's going to bust us under, not abiding in the calling wherein he's called. This body's fitly framed together as the Lord joins it together as he builds it. And man cannot do it. They can go out there and build a stone church and put a title over the top of it, whatever. But that doesn't mean God's going to move in there. Well, I felt the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people going to feel the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people that's going to uh, cast out devils in his name, prophesy in his name, do, do many wonderful works in his name, that will still hear the frightful words, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. Listen, hell's a long time and it's hot. It's forever. Where the worm died not, the fire's not quenched. So we're talking about an eternal state here. We're not talking about a jail, jail term that if you get caught without a driver's license, you're going to be behind bars for a couple of weeks. No, we're talking about forever, friend. Forever and ever and ever. Where the worm dies not and the fire's not quenched. And I don't care if you're, if you're five years old, 50 years old, or 150 years old. God requires obedience to his word. Now with that said, Assuming that you find the body of Christ and the will of God where you're supposed to be. And if you're not, then you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be at peace with the Lord. You're going to know there's something else out there, but you're not listening. And you're not going to be able to have that peace that passes all understanding. And because of that, it's the Lord dealing with you that you need to come out into a higher place and a higher plane of glory and literally connect with the body of Christ that's going higher. And it's just that simple. First tabernacle of Moses. It had an altar of burnt offering, a laver. Went through that veil into the sanctuary, the holy place. To the left, we had that golden candlestick, 22 knops of bowls, had a half egg of beaten, half egg of beaten olive oil in each one of the knobs of bowls that fed the seven lamps, and then the seven lamps to give light over against the sanctuary. That light came within the candlestick, which is the church. Then that it is impossible because on the table of shewbread, the table is the ministry, and made out of shittim wood, and then you had two rows, six in each row of the shoe bread. That's the face bread continually before God with the tribes of Israel written on them, two, roses, uh, two rows of six in each row. There's your face bread. 
What's the face? Face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Well, just leave that bread there forever and go week to week, year to year, and then decade to decade, decade, and that that shoe bread will turn into wormwood. Why? Because it has to be daily bread. You have to walk in the light as he's in the light. That's the reason it had to be changed by the priesthood there. And every time of a net new that new Sabbath come, you had to change it. Why? Because there is new daily bread that must be eaten. That is received and believed. But we think there's one verse. You go to church, you're saved, sanctified. That's it, nothing else. You're banking your whole salvation on one verse, and you're going to find out that you had to come to obedience to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in order to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. What a day that will be when you find that God wanted you as a, as a believer in him to press toward that mark. The, not the aloft, not the beth, not the gavel, but all the way to the tab, all the way to overcoming to the end, partaking of his divine nature in all of it, and to do that, you had to receive his engrafted word, whereby you were able to be saved. That engrafted word? Yes. That you're, you're that we're engrafted into that, that uh, branch. Jesus is the branch, and we, he's the vine, we're the branches. We had to be engrafted in, and that's the word of God. So the tabernacle of Moses was dedicated in Passover. That is in the beginning of Bib and Nisan on the 14th day of that first month. But there's going to be some changes made. What you did there is not going to get you and keep you in that next stage of glory. Solomon's temple. Not just same altar burnt offering, same labor. But now we're going to have 10 tables of shoe bread. Not just one. Ten. Ten's the responsibility of man. You got ten fingers, ten toes. There's your work and your walk in God. You've got ten candlesticks. Now, you don't, let's see, ten candlesticks. You have seven lamps. Oh, that's 70. That's restoration, restitution. And you had 22 knops of bowls. That's 220. 22, the number of light times 10 is our responsibility. Oh, my. You mean God expects us to come unto perfection, unto his perfect image? That's right. Somebody says, there's no way you can do that. Well, that's what they tell you in your denomination. And that's not what the Lord said. Somebody said, what have you got against the denomination? Nothing. If you're happy with it, stay with it. We're just saying we want the ones that's going to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we're sending out these podcasts to over uh, around 10,000 out there. I'm friends with us on Facebook where you can subscribe and become one with us as we labor together to be pleasing unto the Lord. And if you feel God and know it's the truth, come and labor with us as we're fellow labors together with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now with that said, 
We're going to be talking about the oath of the tribes, what shall befall thy people in the latter days. And Habakkuk, this is according to the oath to the tribes. Why the oath to the tribes? Because it was spoken by Jacob, what shall befall the people in the last days, in Genesis 49. Then remember the song of Moses. He said, remember my servant Moses. That's in Malachi 4. Why Moses? Because Moses there had the song of Moses. A song is something that you can sing if you've experienced it. There's a lot of singers sing a song and they say, well, it's flat. It doesn't have any life to it. Well, they've never lived it. But if that singer has lived that life, they can sing that song and it's from the heart. You'll hear it from the heart. That's from the spirit. You have to sing the song of Moses. The song of Moses is a Shur HaKadosh. It is a feminine song that started in your walk in God. When you came up out of this world, born of the water and the spirit, going over, just as in Exodus 15, Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt there with the Passover lamb, slain, blood laid upon the lentils on the doorposts, making a cross, and then came out of Egypt on the third day was at the Red Sea. The Reed Sea passed over. When they passed over the Reed Sea in Exodus 15 began the Song of Moses. That began your life, your walk with God when you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after you had repented. You were born of that water, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The body of the sins of the flesh cut off by the circumcision of the heart that circumcision made without hands and that circumcision of Christ. And you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You were born of the Spirit. Then you crossed over that reed sea. That's where you were baptized. Then you started that wilderness walk. Pilgrims and strangers in this present evil world. Now, that started the Song of Moses in your life. That is Revelation 15. You started singing it there, going into the wilderness. As you proceed into the wilderness, you come to Elam, 70 palm trees. Well, it's a type of honeymoon with the Lord. He doesn't put you in a battle yet. You have a time of honeymoon. You don't go to battle until after the first year. But then, you find yourself at the water of Merah, and Mass and Meribah, the waters of strife. You find that you there's no water there. You're tried. Are you going to believe God? Or are you going to get mad at God? What are you going to do? There's no water here. You bring us out, Moses out here to die in the wilderness. Moses heard him complaining. So what will I do? Moses, what's in your hand? Well, I've got a rock. Strike that rock. You've got to watch how you handle that rock. That rock is a revelation of Christ. That's the reason why in Matthew 16, and the sealed up among the treasures, all has to do with one thing, the rock, the revelation of Christ. There's Christ, and then there's Antichrist. You've got to know that you're following the real Christ. Christ is not just, I know he's the Father, but Christ is also doing the will of God, doing the will of Christ, and overcoming 
unto perfection. Somebody said, well, that's a mouthful. It's the truth. How you esteem that Christ will determine your eternal destiny through your heart. Guard your heart, your spirit, for out of it proceed all the issues of life. You mean to tell me that there's more than just I'm saved and sanctified. I've asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've asked Jesus, uh, saying I'm a sinner. I said the sinner's prayer. Yes, there's a lot more. First thing, you've got to be born of the water and the spirit. 90% of the external church world in there don't even know that. That there is no such thing as a Trinity Father, second person of the Godhead Son, and third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost. And we're going to prove that in this message today. Somebody said, well, how dare you? No, if you don't believe it, turn it off. Right on into heaven or hell with what you think you've got. Because you're going to. He's going to judge you according to your works. That's your faith. And if you have obeyed God, if you have done His will, you'll be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But if you haven't, you're going to hear, depart from me, you work with iniquity, I never knew you. That's because they did not do the will. God works for you both the willing to do. You're going to have persecution, tribulation, fine. But stand for the truth. By doing that, you'll please God. There, in Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples. Watch when Jesus starts asking questions because he's trying to drive a point home. Greatest teacher there ever was. Speaking in... uh, uh, their uh, in examples uh, in, in the word of God showing you exactly what it is in the earthly the reflection of the heavenly and the greatest teacher there ever was said asked the question who do men say that I the son of man am son of man am he's focusing on that son of man there I the Son of Man is, that He is that Son of Man. Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. That's what they say. Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Now it gets personal. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now at that point, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Everything has to be revealed by God himself. Then he says, Thou art Peter. Change his name from Simon to hear and understand. Bar is Chaldean for son, Jonah, the understanding of the world. He used his earthly, worldly name, Simon Bar Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. You have a change. A change of raiment. Those that have been baptized to Christ and put on Christ. You're going from glory to glory. And every time you go from glory, it changes a raiment. You go higher in God. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loosed upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, that's quite an authority. That's through the Holy Ghost. There, 
That's the reason why. Jesus said, blew on his disciples, said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Then said, whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. A power to the church. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is now going to lead, not them, but Christ through them. And will always speak the oracles of God. It will always align with the word of God. Always. Therefore, Peter had the keys of the kingdom. He'll be the one preaching on the day of Pentecost. Matthew's right there along with him. Somebody said, well, I got baptized according to what Jesus said in Matthew 28 19. Go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and Lord with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Well, the name of the Father has to be revealed. And that is Jesus. That's the reason in John 5, 43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. That's the reason in John 17, Jesus said, Father, I have manifested your name. Keep through your own name those that thou hast given me. I have manifested your name. The name Jesus, that's the name of the Father. He's coming into Jerusalem, going to coat the fowl of an ass. Blessed is he, cometh in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is Jesus. The name of the Son, no one will refute that, Jesus. Name of the Holy Ghost, I'll send the Holy Ghost in my name. Name of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. The name of that Spirit is Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior, not God Junior, Jehovah is salvation. Now, Peter, who had those keys, is going to start us on that song of Moses. How's he going to do that? Because he's going to tell us how, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, having the keys to the kingdom, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. That started your walk into the wilderness. Oh, no, we went to the promised land. No, the, that pastor or preacher didn't tell you the truth. You went into the wilderness. There, God's going to try you to see if you're living with all your heart, soul, and might. And you're going to have many a trial. You're going to have many a persecution. And some of it will be from your own brethren. In perils of brethren, Paul said. Denominational. Man's religion is going to hate you. Anything that is man-made is going to hate you. And if you're not willing to go to warfare, then don't join up in the army of God. It's warfare. Endure hardship as a good soldier. Somebody said, I don't want to endure any hardship. Then don't join. Because you're going to go through it. Endure hardship as a good soldier of the cross. Everybody thinks they're going they're joining the church to get houses, lands, and cars and entertainment and HBO. You're not getting HBO. You're not getting cars and lands and houses. That's a lie. Somebody says, well, I have to give that up. Give it up. Whatever's first in your heart is where you're going to be. He's a jealous God and he requires number one to be number one. He is a jealous God. 
have no other gods before him. If you have to have something of earthly pleasure to follow God, to, to, to follow the Lord your God, you won't make it because you have whatever that is before him. God, if you give me this, I'll follow you. Well, then whatever that is, is going to keep you out. He has to be number one. He is number one. The first commandment that you are to love your Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, and might and have no other gods before him. You got any other God there? Your wife, your husband, your children, your mama, your daddy. You're not going to make it because you have some other image set up before him. That's number one in your life. Anything number one is idolatry. I had not known idolatry saving the law had said thou shalt not covet. What do you covet? That's your God. That's idolatry. Oh my goodness. 99% of the church world's out there so they can give God a dollar and get 10 back. Prosperity. Ha! What a joke. Somebody said, how dare you? Well, keep going, keep keep working that God of mammon because that's not God. That's a God of mammon, friend. You have been deceived. Many have erred, thinking they gain his godliness. From such turn away. The love of money is the root of all evil. Yet 99% of the church is using that to get you in. Beautiful choirs. Men and preachers that have gone through their little cemeteries, seminaries and know what to say with itching ears. All having a cookie cutter religion, cookie cutter, cookie cutter pastors telling you what you want to hear. And all of them telling you, you serve God, he's going to make sure he gives you all houses, lands, and if you're serving God, everything, your bank account's going to be full. Many have erred. They can gain his godliness. If riches do increase, don't set your heart upon them. Those that will be rich fall into many hurtful and deceitful lust of the flesh. Many hurtful and deceitful lust of the flesh. And that's what 99% of the so-called Christianity is based on. They wonder why that we find in America and the different nations going down. Well, very simply, God's judgments are there. We've turned our back on him. Now, he's going to get a he's going to get the attention of his real chosen. And that's what he's doing now. AIDS, coronavirus. That's not even just the beginning. There'll be famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast. The best is yet to come. More judgments of God. Why? Why these judgments of God? I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Let's just cut to the chase. Go to Deuteronomy 32. They learn pulpit etiquette. This is what you say and do, and don't preach over 30 minutes. Because if you do, the mind can conceive and only believe for 30 minutes. And that's another lie. Somebody should have told Jesus about it. Somebody should have told Paul about preaching all night long. Eutychus. A young man fell out of the third law. 
at Troas fell down dead. Paul being long time preaching. Well, he didn't go to your seminary, did he? <laughs> I'm having fun today. But it's not a laughing matter. God's calling his people out into the unity of the faith now to those that have an ear to hear. God's speaking names to you. God has spoke, and some of you said, Brother Beard, God spoke your name to us. We need to know. Well, here we are. If he does it, move on it. Because that's God's will. Not for any of our righteousness or our holiness, but for his namesake. The Lord's doing it. We're going to the nations now. We got more coming out of India now than we've ever had. We thank God for that. But it's him. It's not us. It's him. He's the one moving on them. I haven't even shake, shook hands with those. Pastors haven't even met them eyeball to eyeball. Yet, they want to follow. Why? Because God spoke it. Well, thank the Lord for that. If God didn't tell you to, to contact us, don't do it. But if God did tell you, then do it. We're your servants. We're your shoe shine boys. We pop the rag shine your shoe. We help you in your work in ministry. But it's all in the word. In the word. In what we are to do. You see, you started that song of Moses when you came up out of Egypt. And the Lord, in every place you go, it take about two hours to cover all the places they went in the wilderness. The Elam, palm trees. That's it. You were basking in the faith of Jesus Christ, uh, full of joy, having never been told, the joy of the Lord, your strength. But then all of a sudden, you found yourself at Meribah, Massa. You know, the waters of strife. What are you going to do? Are you going to believe, believe God or are you going to get mad at him? Moses, take that rod, smite that rock, and it's going to give out water. Water to literally take care of all of Israel that came out of Egypt. Then you're going to go to various places all the way to you finally get to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh, sanctuary. Barnea, bar son. Babylonian son. Not not a son of God. Babylonian. Son of Babylon. Nia. Disobedient. The sanctuary of a disobedient son. And that's where you're going to go to the Jordan River. From that Red Sea, the Reed Sea, all the way through the wilderness until you finally get to that Jordan River to get that promise. That high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's another end, Song of Moses. So it's like bookends. It started when you came up out of Egypt. It went all the way through the wilderness and to the Jordan River. Now you're about to pass over in the Song of the Lamb. That's not a Shurakahadash. That's not a feminine song. That's not a progressive song. It is the Song of the Redeemed. It's a Song of the Lamb. It is not feminine, it is masculine. It's a man-child. You're coming over Jordan. That's where you, Jordan, the descender of Dan. Uh, a lot of people say, well, you're going over Jordan. At Jordan River is where you're passing over this, this life into eternity. He called it death. We're going to call the Jordan 
a river that is must necessary go over. It's one of your battles that you will go over. And it's only the priesthood that's going to carry that ark over. Putting 2,000 cubits between you because this is a way. And sanctify yourself three days. Not one, not two, but three. Because this is a way you have never been before. Then you're going to go there and then you're going to take that promised land. You're going to take that little book out of that angel's hand. You're going to eat all of it. It's going to be sweet to your mouth as honey. It's going to be bitter to your belly. But then you're going to prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings in the Lord your God. That great was the word and great is the army that published it. That army is feminine. Meaning the church. That's the reason why we're going to have a woman to take the hammer and that nail, that nail being Jesus, but that hammer being the strike force of the Holy Ghost is what's going to kill Sisera. Sisera's got the wheels going right now. Sisera's having a heyday out there right now. Babylon has taken all the nations that are drunk with the wine or for fornication, and they're laughing. They're laughing at the people of God. How to, you know, the cross... Ha, ha, ha. Give up everything? Ha, ha. Sell everything? Are you stupid? Are you crazy? Why would you sell everything you've got and follow God? Well, that's the stupidest thing they ever heard of. Yet God gave that commandment in Luke 12. But watch what you sell out to. You don't grab a hold of this thing and then let go. You don't begin this racing and quit it. You don't go out to warfare and they get with only uh, a thousand and come against a uh, twenty thousand in an army, and you don't have enough to finish it, and thereby uh, ask for ambassages of peace because you don't have enough to finish it, or you go to build that that house, that tower, and you don't have enough to build it, and you get halfway up, and because you don't have enough to finish it, then people laugh at you, laugh you to scorn. Because you didn't have enough to finish it. When you better count the cost. Because when you start this race. And you go to that foxhole. And you start that race in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's at your Red Sea. Reed Sea. That starts your Song of Moses. But you're going to have to sing and hold on to that Song of Moses. All the way to the Jordan River. In order to finally sing the Song of the Lamb. The song of Moses is a progressive song. Going from this place to that one to that one, and you're going to have many trials and tribulations along the way. Many things can happen to wash you out. This can happen, that, various things. Well, if God was for you, he wouldn't do this. If God was for you, he wouldn't do that. And the devil will give you every reason why God's not for you. But the truth is, God is for you. Matter of fact, he's the only one for you. (laughs) Matter of fact, he sticketh closer than a brother. Matter of fact, he's the ever-present help in the time of trouble. Matter of fact, he is your healer. He's your savior. He is your great physician. He's your counselor. He is the Lord that provides Jehovah Jireh. He is all in all that you need. And if you put any confidence in the flesh at all, you will be 
He's very, very, very disappointed. Well, then why all the trouble? Because trib of trouble, tribulation, trouble, worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience works hope. And hope making not a shame. Somebody say, well, I'm ashamed right now. Because I did this, I did that, and now look at me. You know, I'm living in a cave with goat skins and sheep skins. And we always have virtually hardly anything to eat living in this cave. Well, you're in good company. Because you're in a Hebrews 11 faith. Children of faith. And you know God's going to feed you. You don't live by that bread on the table but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm talking about the preceding word in the last days that God has given now to those that have an ear to hear. And most are just as deaf and dumb and mute and don't even know what house they're in. Oh, how dare you? Paul states in Hebrews 5, talking about this great day work of Melchizedek, king, priest, and what you're called for. These were Christians. And he said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. I can't talk about what I need to tell you, Paul said, because you don't have a spiritual ear to hear. You're dull. Your ears waxed. You got wax in your ears. You got too much world in them. It's hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. When it needs that you need to be teachers teaching this, you have need again to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God. You need to be start all over again. Doing your first works over. You've left your first love. You've got a mechanical worship. There's nothing exciting about God to you. It's all, well, just formalism. You go to church, get it out of the way. Well, it's a good thing, though. we got a cake. The, the women's auxiliary got a cake sale going on. That's exciting. we got some money being raised. And uh, uh, the men have a baseball tournament coming up for our team. Praise God. If that's all you can get excited about, nothing in the Word of God, you got to bake a cake or hit a ball so you could be happy. I don't think that's joy. The joy of the Lord just strengthened. We've lost it. You've lost your first love. He said, repent and do your first works over. That's where the church is at. Well, what is it? Well, that's exactly what we're going to get to at the bottom line right now. What is it? What is this Song of Moses that we sing in Revelation 15 and the Song of Lamb? What is it? What is that Song of Moses? It started whenever you had the victory, and this is the victory that overcome the world, even our faith. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, First John 5, verse 1. That victory that overcome the world, even our faith, that faith is growing from faith to faith from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. And in the judgments of God, we got coronavirus, COVID-19. Oh, goodness. What are we going to do? Buy a face mask. Pray for an inoculation, a vaccine to take care of you. Stay social distancing. That'll take care of you. No. Pray to God. The Lord hath torn. Hosea 6. Why? That's simply all these judgments of God are to get us to return back to God. Nothing more, nothing less. 
God has his way. Somebody said, no, that's, that's a man. Man did it. Man can't do you anything. Hosea 6, 1, come and let's return to the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. God does that? Yes, he does. You're going through something in your life? Oh, the devil did it. I rebuke the devil. The, the, the children of God, the wicked one, touches them not. There is no temptation taking you such as common to man. But God will, with that temptation, count it all joy when you follow the diverse temptations. That your faith, even though it's tried by fire, may come forth as pure gold. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that there is no temptation taking you such as common to man. You're not just God pulled out and why me, God, why me? I'm the only one going through this. No, you're not. There's people that's given their life for the gospel right now, today, in this minute, right here, dying for the cause of Christ. Dying. Sailing their testimony, and hopefully, it's a testimony of Jesus. Hopefully, they died in the faith. There. The Lord tries our faith. He said, I will make a way for you to bear it or a way to escape. That is simply it. There's always a way. There's a way to bear it or a way to escape. Always. The Lord said it. Well, somebody said, well, I can't bear it. Well, the Lord said you could. You're the one copping out on God. Not God on you. You are. Somebody said, I just can't live this. You can't live it. You never could. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're, st- you're still trying to, in your own labors, work out your salvation, which it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. What do you do? Be still and know that he is God. Let him work in your life. He's the one that will bring you through. No one else will. There, in that revelation of Christ, in that Moses, you come up out of Egypt. You started that wilderness journey. You've come a long way. Some of you have been in it 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And evil men and seducers, you're seeing, seeing it wax worse and worse. Tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. Iniquity is abounding. Love of many is waxing cold. People throwing in the towel. But God said, you'll reap if you faint not. You will reap if you don't quit. God doesn't have nothing for quitters. You start this race, believe him. All things are possible to him that believeth. The whole Song of Moses. We're going to take it to the bottom line. Give me the short... Give me the short description. Give me the capsule description of what God's doing. Be glad to. Deuteronomy 32. This is the song of Moses. They're going, the children of Israel are going to pass over the Jordan River. Moses is going to speak a song to them. What will befall the children of God in the last days, in the latter days, in these days. 
And in Deuteronomy 32, take a look at uh, the publishing of the name, the preaching of the name of Jesus. Give ear, O you heavens, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. This, these words are the kingdom of God, heaven and earth. That's the truth. Not some man's thinking of Shakespeare or these other Nostradamus or any of these other Hindu religions or reincarnation or any of this other battle. The words of God. My doctrine. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, former and latter rain. My speech shall distill as dew it dewed upon the earth. What is that? The speech, the word of God, the voice of the Lord. As the small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass, all flesh is grass. Because, why? Why all this? Because, because why? Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Everything is for his name, for him, created for him, by him, and for his good pleasure. Colossians 1, 26 27. That's Jesus Christ, the creator. Here is the revelation of the foundation of the whole kingdom. Ascribe you greatness unto God. Right? Through his name. Jesus. Not well, the son's name's Jesus, but the Lord's name's Jehovah. How stupid can you be? The name Jesus is Jehovah. But not Jehovah my healer, Jehovah Rothika. Not Jehovah my peace, Jehovah Shalom. He's not Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He's all of those. But this is Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. I have ascribed and published, proclamated, promulgated, preached the name of the Lord. The rain did it. The small rain did it. The great rain of his strength did it. The dew did it. All watering from heaven upon earth is the name of Jesus. No other name. Well, I love my husband. His name Bill Jim John, and my wife's name Sally. You know, Sally uh, 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 Jane or Sue or whatever. Well, that's that's all fine and good. That's good for you know. They, you love your husband, but that's not the name. That's not the name of salvation. That's not the name of deliverance. That's not the name of peace. That's not the name of the Lord that provides for you. Is Jesus. Here is your revelation. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter, I'm sure, hadn't read Deuteronomy 32. He was a cigarette-sucking, cussing fisherman. That's all he was. But he said, thou art the rock. Thou art the Christ. You're the rock. You are, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. The son of the living God. Simon Barjona, 
flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. This rain came from heaven. This dew came from heaven. This revelation came from heaven. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, here's the rock. He is the rock, capital R-O-C-K. That rock is Christ. That rock is Christ, the Spirit of God, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. That is Elohim. That's God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, Jesus, the Spirit. But that rock manifests himself in flesh as Christ, the Spirit revealed in flesh. God manifests in the flesh. The Father said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That is Christ. That's the rock. And notice that's a capital R-O-C-K. That rock is a revelation of Christ. Matthew 16. His work is perfect. Somebody said, I don't think it is. I don't think it's right that a Christian has to go through sufferings and persecution and tribulations. That's because you are bringing railing accusation against against the wheel and you're coming against the potter when you're the clay on the wheel. Why hast thou made me thus? You should have made me smarter, better looking, whatever. You bring accusation against, who are thou that revilest against your maker? Paul said, all his ways are judgment. Everything God does is righteously judged. God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he, not them, not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. He is God revealed. He is Jesus. There's not another. Well, I saw Jesus and I'm going to see the Father. You, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the express image of his singular person. Hebrews 1.3. It says here, they have corrupted themselves. How did they corrupt themselves? God didn't do it. Their spot is not the spot, the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. They're crooked as snakes. Do you thus requite the Lord? Do you got something all against your God? Oh, foolish people and unwise. Is not he thy father? Oh, no, he's the son. No, is not he thy father that hath bought you? He bought you with a price. Who did? Your father. Who's that? Jesus Christ, the God of glory, the creator. Hath he not made thee and established thee? He is the father of glory. That's little children. So in 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14, I write you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the father. You know that Jesus, oh yeah, he's the father. There's not another. The Father of glory is Jesus. He is Jehovah. He is Elohim. He is the El Shaddai. He is all that God is. He's the one that bought you. Hath he not made you and established you? Verse 7. 
This is the song of Moses. This is a song you've got to know to be able to sing it. Remember the days of old. You remember when you first came in? Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Thy elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance. When he separated the sons of Adam, he told them where to go. He set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Underline verse 9. For the Lord's portion. What's his portion? What is God getting out of this? Is his people. He wanted a people. And he is going to get the ones, sons and daughters, a bride that is in the perfect image of Jesus Christ. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. What did God do? He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. That's where you were. Wilderness. He led him about. Who led you about? The Lord led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. The apple of the eye is the love of your life. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him. Not the Lord and the Lord Junior and then the second and third person of the Godhead. There's only one friend. One. There was no strange God um, with him. Why? Because he knew that Jesus is the Father. He knew that Jesus is that one that bought him. He knew that Jesus is the Redeemer. He knew that Jesus uh, is the Lord Jehovah that bought, justified, and sanctified and glorified him. Not another, not one plus something else, just one. There was no strange God there. They know he's the Father. But this crooked generation, this perverse one, crooked as a snake, went after other gods. But there in the beginning, there was no strange God with him. They knew there was only one God. He made him ride on the high places of the earth. He made him eat the increase of the fields. He made him to suck honey out of the rock. Honey is the revelation. What's the rock? Now that rock is not capitalized. That rock is a little lowercase r-o-c-k. That's the rock, capital R-O-C-K, manifest in that rock that came out of Egypt and followed them. That rock that Moses stroked with a rod and it gave forth water. They sucked honey out of that rock and oil out of that flinty rock. The oil and that honey came out of that rock. Butter and honey shall everyone eat that's in the land, if you know who that rock is. Not a rock junior, not God the Father and God the Son, two persons. No, that rock is the rock. Butter and kind and milk of sheep with fat of lambs Rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat and they did drink the pure blood of the grape not 
not rotten grapes, not untimely grapes, not spoiled grapes, but the true grape of the vine, of the wine of God himself, the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ. But Jeshurun, Jeshurun is another name for Israel or Jacob. It means upright. Jeshurun, upright, righteous. But Jeshurun waxed fat. You got too much, you got too much of your flesh on you and kicked against God. Thou art waxing fat. You've grown thick. You're covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock, capital R-O-C-K, of his salvation. He forsook the Spirit of God when he knew that God provided himself a body of flesh and he gave him honey out of that rock, the oil out of that rock, All of that out of that rock came from that rock. But he got fat. He ate too much of the honey and he got all fat and then didn't think it was himself. He did it. And he forsook God. He forsook that rock. Capital R-O-C-K. What did they do? They provoked him to jealousy. How? With strange gods. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. They provoked God to jealousy because they wouldn't give him, Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the flesh, the glory of the Father, that he is the Father of glory. He's the one that made him. He's the one that bought him. He's the one that purchased him. But they split him up. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost up there. Three different ones. They provoked God to jealousy. Not realizing the rock, capital O-C-K, is the rock little R-O-C-K, God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Uh-oh. With abominations provoked him, they provoked him to anger. I wouldn't want to provoke God if I were you. That's the last God, person, man, that I would want to make mad through jealousy. Watch this. They went to church every Sunday. Some of them went two or three times a week. Bake sales. Fundraisers. Yeah, we had to have a building program. You know that. And we had Bible studies. But we never gave him the rock, the glory of the rock. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. How did they do it? Verse 17. They sacrificed unto devils. <gasps> How dare you tell me I sacrificed the devils? They come in the name of Jesus. Many will come in my name, saying I'm Christ, shall deceive many. They do it in the name of Jesus. They do it in the name of their denominations. Because they not one God. I'm not talking about oneness. Jesus sitting on the right hand of God, but God's still in him. You're tunis. Jesus, the Lord God, is the Lord is that spirit. Jesus sat down with the Father in, in, in that throne. Not beside it or around it, in it. Revelation 3.21. He is that God. That rock is the rock. That rock, little R-O-C-K, is that rock, capital R-O-C-K, Christ. God Almighty, the Spirit of God. 
They sacrificed unto devils every Sunday morning. Two gods. They split him up and made more than one. They're gods whom they knew not to new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of them believed in one God. The man, Christ Jesus, God Almighty, is that God revealed. Who's that rock? The rock that begat thee, the rock that bore thee, the rock that made you, the rock that purchased you. Verse 18, of the rock that begat you, that birthed you, thou art unmindful. Jesus is the Father that bought you. You don't give him that glory. You give that to God Jr., that second person of the Godhead. And that's where you've made your great era. Because if you're, every knee's going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, the Father. But you won't do it. You think, well, it's okay. God the Father sent his son, and that's, a, you know, the son of God. And uh, later on, he went and he sent the Spirit. There's three persons, but somehow or other, they're one. Oh, friend, you have provoked God to jealousy. That rock that begat you, you're unmindful of. You split him up. You don't give him the glory of the Father. And because of that, he's going to destroy you. I'm going to read it right here. That's the reason for COVID-19. That's the reason for famine, pestilence, sword, noise, and beast. That's the reason for the seal of judgments and vials of the wrath of Almighty God in the earth. Somebody said, how dare you? No, it's the truth. It is the truth. The Word of God's the truth. I'm not. The Word is. This is simply the Word of God. He said, of the rock that begat thee, you're unmindful, and you have forgotten God that formed you. Who's the God that formed you? Jesus Christ. He is that God, not God Jr. Oh, he's God Jr. He's the Son of God. No, if the Son of God is God revealed. You'll find that in Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 5. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder, singular. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. Not the Mighty Son of God, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, not the Everlasting Son. You call him the everlasting son, splitting it from the father, you're going to die. The everlasting father. Isaiah 9, 6. Verse 19. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them. Abhorred? Yeah, you mean he despised them. Despicable. Because of the provoking of his sons and his daughters. He said, I will hide my face. What's his face? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, he hid his face. You're going to see who Jesus is. He hid his face. God has shown forth his face, his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But he hid Jesus from you. He hid his identity. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward, perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. You got a God, Junior? It's not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. 
I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. It's going to happen in the time of the end. For the Antichrist will come up and become strong with a small people and rule the whole world and deceiveth the whole world. God said it. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn into the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Somebody said, sounds like God's a little angry. Really? Do you think he could go in there with a Trinity doctrine, clap your hands, throw your offering up there, and go for your money and think God's going to be happy with you? I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend my arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger, famine, and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. COVID-19 is not even in the running with what God is going to do. I will send the teeth of beasts upon them and with the poison of serpents of the dust. And I'm not talking about you walk outside the door and you got to kill 15 snakes. I'm talking about spirits that's going to take you over. The sword without terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin. The suckling child with the man of gray hairs, young and old. I said I would scatter them in my corners, in the corners. God said I'd scatter them. That's a diaspora. The scattering in all nations. I would make the remnant of them to cease from among men. Why? Because we've sinned against the Lord our God. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy. This is God talking lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely. And lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. That's the first thing man will do. Take the glory from God and attribute it to themselves. And God knows that. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise. What? That they would understand this that they would consider their latter end, the last days. You want to study eschatology? There it is. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? I know you've, your evangelists have preached this and said, oh, you're going to put one, going to put a thousand, two, put ten thousand to flight. No, you don't realize you're the one on the run. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock, capital R-O-C-K, that's the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, had sold them and the Lord has shut them up. The Lord did it. For their rock, that Christ they've got, is not our rock. Our rock's the Father of glory. Our Jesus is the Father. Our Jesus is the rock, the capital R-O-C-K. Hallelujah to God. We know the rock. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Thank God that's the foundation of the church. Christ. It's a mystery of God and the Father of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. The mystery. The full understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father of Christ in whom are hid 
all treasures. These are treasures. In Christ is hid all treasures, wisdom, and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 2. Let no man deceive you by any means. That's the deception of the Antichrist. You have followed a false rock, a false Christ. You've got him to be the second person of the Godhead. It doesn't exist. Their rock is the Father. Their rock is not our rock. Our rock is God. Our rock is the Father of glory. Our rock is the Word, the Holy Ghost. Our rock is Jesus Christ. Our rock, Jesus, is the Holy Ghost. That one spirit. But they don't believe that. Their rock's not our rock. Wow. Even our enemies themselves being judges. Even the enemies know that. They're following a false god. For their vine is the vine of Sodom. Well, Jesus is our vine. No. Jesus said, your vine is the vine of Sodom. Sodom? You mean Sodom and Gomorrah? Yes. And the fields of Gomorrah. You're Sodom and Gomorrah. If you're in a false religion where you do not know one God, that Jesus is that God, you are in Sodom and Gomorrah where spiritually our Lord was crucified in Sodom and Gomorrah. That is Revelation 11. Their grapes, oh, that's the fruit of the vine, Brother Beard. Their grapes are not. Their grapes are the gall and clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asp. You know what the dragon is in the last day? That great red dragon that has seven heads in It is a social government, a governmental spirit out there. Seven heads, ten horns, and ten crowns upon his head. That is a governmental of one government under the devil, the dragon, giving him his seat and great authority to the Antichrist, the man of sin. The seven-head, ten-horned beast is that government. It's that government that rules the whole world. And it's ruled by one man, a man of sin, the son of perdition. It is a government that has taken over the world. This is the poison of dragons. That is the dragon in the last days. Well, they told you in John 16. Let not your heart be troubled. He said right there in, in John 16, Behold, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. What? The time will come where they will deliver you up to churches, to synagogues, and deliver you out of them. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. And I'm not talking about Muslim. I'm talking about the so-called body of Christ that believes that Chalcedonian definition of the God-man or the Council of Nicaea in a Trinity God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost in 325 A.D. or just as the oneness believe in this day and Chalcedonian definition and 451 A.D. of the God-man. When he walked on water, he was God. And when he was weary with his journey, he was a man. Thus, the God-man. That is a light of hell. When he was on the earth, he was a man. He made himself of no reputation to work as a man. 
when he glorified, went back to the glory he put off as the Father. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. Where is Jesus now? Somebody said, he's on the right hand of God. And God's still in him. No. Christ is God. He said in Revelation 3.21, Him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's the place I prepare for you. Sit, S-I-T, four and twenty seats in heaven. That is the four and twenty elders. That's the priesthood. Where'd you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and I am set, it's E-T, a state of glory forever settled in heaven, down with my Father in his throne. Not beside it, not around it, in it. He's God Almighty. Friend, put it this way. If you, when you see what you believe to be heaven, and you look at that throne in heaven, if you don't see one on that throne, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, you are in idolatry. There's only one. There's only one throne in heaven. The throne of God, which is the throne of the Lamb. Revelation 3, Revelation 20. The throne of God and of the Lamb. There's only one throne. Not thrones. Throne. There's four and twenty seats. Which the thrones, but notice they say seats. Why? Because that throne is the Lord God Almighty. We're caught up to God and to His throne. That's Jesus Christ. Somebody said, if I believe that, I'd have to... Yeah, that's right. You'd have to come out of it and be separated. And choice is yours. Somebody said, you know what you're talking about. I was raised Baptist. When I saw this here... I like to choked on it. And when I came out, I made a lot of people mad. But I stood for this, still standing for the day. I'm 71 years old and will stand on until the day I die. This is the Word of God. Matter of fact, most of the people never even read the Word of God through one time, let alone two, three, five, ten, twenty times. You've got to read this Word daily. It says, not seal up and watch what God says. Their wine is the poison dragons, their crew venom of ass. I'm going to give you the treasure. Here's the treasure right here. Deuteronomy 32, verse 34. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed? Sealed up among my treasures. There's your treasures right there. That treasure is Christ. If you've got that revelation of Christ and you've obeyed Christ and you're overcoming Christ, then you're fine. There's no thing. Praise God to worry about. You're going to overcome to the end. But if you don't have that abide in, not just think that doctrine of Christ or know it, abide in the doctrine of Christ, leading you on into perfection, then you will not make heaven. I didn't say it. This is laid up in store with God and sealed among his treasures. You want the treasures of God? Colossians 2, 2. In who? In him. Or hid. God hid it. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's the treasures right there. What's the treasure? Christ. To know Christ. The real, true Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, God manifest. He is God. He is and was manifest in the days of his flesh. Now he is that spirit, and that spirit is now in us. God goes on and tells you why he's going to do this. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that come upon them make haste. What is this work? This strange work bring to pass this act, this strange act. 
Underline verse 36, he tells you, For the Lord shall judge his people. Where's judgment begin? At the house of God. And the righteous scarcely be saved. Then where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? The Lord will judge his people. There's the treasures of God. The Lord will judge his people and repent himself for his servants. He will, he will change for his servants' sake. When he seeth that their power is gone. You know what that is? Their hand. Their right hand is gone. Their power is gone. And there's none shut up or left. They have ceased from their own labors. They're entering into the rest of God. What is God going to say? Hey, where are your gods? Where's that God Jr. out there? And their rock in whom they trusted. That little R-O-C-K. That man who's supposed to be the second person of the Godhead, but he's not that capital R-O-C-K, the Father of Glory. Where's that rock? Where's that rock going to help you now? Where's that rock in whom you trusted? That rock is what did eat the fat of your sacrifices. You went there every week giving sacrifices, giving money to God Jr., the second person of the Godhead. And they drank the wine of your drink offerings. Everything you did in the calves of your lips, you offered to that God Jr., the second person of the Godhead, which did not exist. Let them, God says, let them rise up now and help you. Let them be your protection. Now, if you're in that trinity and you're confirmed in that trinity, right now you're so mad at me you can't see straight. <laughs> That's okay. You can't help it. Because your spirit, you've God's coming out. But if you're true one God, you're sitting there going, hallelujah, brother. Because you're right on. Yeah, yeah, bless God, I know I'm right on. Because this is the word. <laughs> hallelujah. We're here to preach this word. Not to sit there and tickle your ears and pull money out of your pocket. We don't want your money. See now, why is God doing all this? Because God says, see now that I, even I am he. And there's no God with me. There's no God Jr. sitting on the right hand of me. There's no God Jr. running around up there in heaven. I am he. Me alone. I am he. I am that God. He said, I kill. I make alive. Oh, no, Brother Beard, the devil does that. No. God said, I kill. I make alive. And I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. Bless his holy name. Jesus. I publish that name. Proclam that name. Promulgate that name. Publish that name. Jesus. He alone is God and there's not another. If you're in a Trinity church friend, you need to hightail it out as fast as you can get out. Huh. <laughs> Hating the garments spotted with their sin. I'm telling you. you, have, you it won't be a laughing matter out there whenever you come before the judgment seat of Christ and he brings this scripture out and says, you're rock. You didn't know I was that rock. I am the Father of glory. And you're going to go, but, 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 but there won't be no buts. This is the song of Moses. And this will affect it in the last days. He said, uh, God said, 
I wet my glittering sword. My hand take on judgment. I'm going to render vengeance to mine enemies and I'll reward them that hate me. Some said, I don't hate God. If you don't give him the glory due to his name, Jesus, that he is the everlasting God almighty, that Jesus, the blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6, 15, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God almighty, the father of glory, then you've done spite to the spirit of grace. You have not given him the glory due to his name. He is Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty. Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed. He said, I'm going to make it drunk with, the arrows drunk with blood. My sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, O you nations, with his people, the true people of God. For he will avenge the blood of his servants. They killed you. They got mad at you because you said God alone was the Father of glory. You wouldn't bow down to know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Padre de Filio, the Spirit of the Santi. You know who he is. You know he's the God Almighty. Rejoice, O you nations, with his people. For he will avenge the blood of his servants. Will render vengeance to his adversaries. Remember, they killed you because they did not. Look at, look at uh, John 16. Some of you that live up to kill you, why? Some that that day will kill you think that they've got a service. Why? Because they have not known the Father. That Jesus is the Father, nor me. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Except you believe that I am the Father, you will die in your sins. Uh, John 8, 24, John 10, 30, I'm my Father one. And the self-same spirit. First Timothy 6, 15, he's the blessed and only potentate. Potentate is the Almighty God. Revelation 1 8. He's the Alpha and Omega, beginning the end, which is, was, and has come, the Almighty God. He is Jesus Christ. No second person of the Godhead. Underline verse 44. Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people. Him and Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. And Moses made an end of speaking all the words to all Israel. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I have testified to you this day, which you shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. It's not a vain thing, for it is your life. And he goes into what shall befall thy people where? Oh, in the latter days. Jacob says the same thing in Genesis 49. Jesus says the same thing in Revelation 15. Thy judgments were made manifest in the earth. They sang the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. And if you're not one God, having that rock, capital R-O-C-K, the true revelation of Jesus, the Father of glory, their rock not being our rock, you will die. Only those that have that true revelation will be able to enter in. Until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Beard, sealing God's people. We pray now, Jesus, lift up your great name. Give the revelation of Jesus to all those that have a pure heart. The ones that are asking, seeking, and knocking. They keep on asking, seeking, and knocking for the true revelation of Jesus Christ. For you said, God, in the day that they seek for you with all their heart is the day they will find you. That you are one God. You're not two. You're not a trinity. You're only but one. And these revelations were not what the fathers spoke. They are not the gods. 
that that God, the true God, they these gods that were put up uh, in denominational in Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. That of the Trinity under Constantine, there's no such thing as a Trinity God. Never has been. God was manifest in the flesh. Not God Jr. He's the mighty God, the everlasting Father, Isaiah 9-6. You have told us this, Lord, and said, if we don't believe you, that you will thrust us into a bed with that Jezebel of great tribulation. That it'll be the wrath of God that we will taste of because we have not given you the glory due to your name. Now, Lord, take us, use, lead us, guide us, perfect that which is lacking in every one of us. Give us the true revelation of the rock, the true Christ, that if anybody not in that doctrine of Christ, uh, they do not have God. Only those that abide in the revelation of Christ have you, God. If they abide not in this doctrine of Christ, it's because they have no God in them. Second John 9, Lord, reveal to your, your people your true revelation, the true Christ, the true God Almighty. And we'll give you all the praise on the glory. We ask it now, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, uh, save that which is lost, heal that which is sick out there. Perfect that which is lacking in each of the body of Christ. For we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. This is Brother Dennis Beard saving God's people. There, until the next time, behold the real Jesus.